0: those of you here last week, at the beginning this may look the same, but it's not the same. This is part two of what I began last week. Uh, there's some overlap, there's some things that are different. So, we're called Hope Church. Uh, what it, biblical hope is not a wish. It's not a, the kind of thing we could commonly talk about in our language is, I is hope it's a nice day. All right? In Glasgow, that's a wish. (laughs) It is not the confident expectation of sunshine. (laughs) Kids on Christmas Eve are very, very hopeful. And in most households, it's a confident expectation of presents. And when they, it depends what your household does, what in your family, but it could be downstairs, could be the foot of the bed. Well, they wake up at 4.30 a.m. the next day, there is something there. So that's more like biblical hope, rather than hoping for fine weather in Glasgow. It's the confident expectation of good. So it's not happened yet, but you're looking forward to the fact that it will happen. And in the Bible, God is called the God of all hope. He's full of, he's full of expectation of good things happening. He's full of hope. And the Holy Spirit is there to bring hope to us. So Romans 5.13 says that he, he comes to fill us with hope. So that means, actually, we, we, have, we, have a, we have an assignment to stay full of hope. Which is not just, I'm wishing it's going to get better, but it's a confident expectation that something good's going to happen. So goodness... And the goodness of God and hope are really connected. There we go. Thanks. If you're expecting something good, it's coming from a good dad. And God's called us, just heard the prophetic word to us again today, not just to be a people of hope, but a people to sail the ship of hope into the wild and and crazy seas of the world and distribute the goodness of God to the nation and the nations. And that word is just coming to us over and over again. We're here to enjoy it, to be it, but also to give that expectation away. And I'm hoping this will go on again. But great, last week, there we go. What what does this look like? It means that God's restoring... What's it springing out of? What's this hope based on? What's 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 it bursting from? And there's a whole package of things that God's been showing us over the last four or five years that are like the foundation stones. They they they're the well springs. That's what gushing causes hope to gush from the inside of you. And as these things get in place you can walk in hope and give more and more hope and goodness away. And the first thing is that you find out who you really are. God's been restoring our true identity as, as believers. He's been waking us up to who we really are. And, and if you're a yet to be a believer, actually, it's still the same for you because God made everybody. He put a shape inside everybody. He, did, he, had, a, he had a beautiful plan, a beautiful design for everybody. And his intention was that he would then come and live inside us. And this incredible mystery that is now revealed, it's called a mystery, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And for for a long time, sometimes Christians have thought that's, oh, well, Jesus lives in me to give me hope that I'm going to heaven. But actually, this means the hope of glory now the hope of experiencing God's glory. We're transformed as we see His glory. We're changed as we behold His glory from one degree of glory to another. And the earth is going to be filled with the glory of the Lord. We're there to not just see it, but reflect it out into the planet, the people around us. We're actually called to be connected, to enjoy, experience, and reflect the Literal glory of God. Jesus actually in John 17 says he's actually going to share the glory he had with us. And how he does it is that he comes to live inside us. So so Jesus isn't just a model of someone that we follow. He's 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 the prototype of who we now are. He had heaven in him, he had Holy Spirit on him, he did amazing stuff, we have heaven in us, we can do the same. So he said that we would do the works that he did and greater works. Yeah? That's impossible unless something incredible has happened to us. And that's what this is saying. Something incredible has happened to us. Christ is in us, the hope of glory. He was the first of many people like us. So he's restoring our true identity. Can we flick on another slide? Am I not doing this well? Okay. Cha-cha! There we go. It works that way. Thank you. And we're also recovering his true identity. And that should be another line come up. Thank you. Yeah, there he is. That he's a good dad. Don't tap it. Don't tap it. No. Double tap. It. Double tap. <laughs> he's a good dad. He's not an angry God. No lightning bolts here. He's not here to toast you or roast you. He's here to bless you and release you. Often often we've kind of we've we've kind of displayed that to the world that God's here to give give you a good roasting, a good flame grilling. The flame grilled church. But actually he's here to love you. He's here to celebrate you. He's here to He enjoys us. And what we've learned is the judgment is over. The punishment happened. Punishment was exhausted at the cross. That love and favor could be released to the planet and to everybody on it, which includes you. So if you're feeling like, oh God might toast me today, just break that lie off right now in Jesus' name. What he wants to do is encounter you with his love. And, and we've spent a long time teaching into all of this, so this is kind of headings rather than in-depth. In just to give you a picture. Oh, double tap. Excuse me. Hey! Hang oh, on, that didn't work. <laughs> just just a little aside here. You, a lot of you know Danny Silk is. He does these presentations. I'd actually got a video clip, but it didn't work. It was kind of... I copied the whole thing over, and I forgot to copy over the clip. I didn't realize you had to copy the clip. So, for, I'm not a techie. I need help. Just, just Jesus help me. Is Jesus a techie? If Jesus was on the earth, this is a complete rabbit trail. If Jesus was on the earth, would he tweet? Come on. He would, wouldn't he? He would. And blog, and all that kind of stuff. I reckon he would. The Jesus blog. If he would, then then I should too. So let, I'll, I'm going to get better at this. So, he's, he's re, we're rediscovering who we are, and we're rediscovering who He is. There's a restoration and recovery of our identity, restoration and recovery of His identity. He's made us incredible, He's made us powerful, he's, we are His chosen and beloved ones, and He's this loving Father, so He's restoring those two things, but He's also restoring our connection together, and, and that's what we're experiencing often in worship, is we get these moments of intimacy, it's like... Ooh, you can't put words around it, but we start to feel something. And it's Heavenly Papa encountering us, and us encountering Him. There's a restoration of intimacy. So, okay, this is three things. Who we are, who He is, and our connection is being restored. Do it Twice. Another one. Thank you. And then he's been, he's been showing us stuff about this prayer. This is the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, that's not something, it's not an end time prayer. Oh, let the end come quick. It's not a rescue prayer, it's an invasion prayer. It's not a prayer to, God, get us out of here soon. It's a God, come and invade this planet now. Your government, your rule, your kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven. What does that look like? Well, that has to be that the impossible, by our viewpoint, becomes possible. Actually... Heaven is a, has a normal. Do, do you know, every family has a normal. You grow up in a family, and certainly as a kid, you think your family's awesome, and it's the normal. And then you start to go and date somebody or get married to somebody from another family, and you collide with normal. And you're like, well, my normal's best normal, and your normal's best normal. And they're like, ah. Yeah. Even like, how do you do Christmas? You know, is it presents under the tree, or... Is it at the foot of the bed? I mean, those are different normals, aren't they? And then suddenly, we'll put them everywhere. We'll compromise. (laughs) We'll have them one on every step all the way down. I don't know why Christmas is in my head, but it's a good illustration. The normals collide. Well, heaven has a normal. Heaven has a normal, and when you get intimately entwined with Heavenly Father, He expects His normal to become your normal, not your normal to become His normal. And His, his normal is, to us, supernatural. Because He isn't limited by the things we're limited by, and He's saying, now you join my gang, you're going to do my normal. Heaven is invading the earth, earth is not populating heaven to make heaven look more like earth. Yeah? Yeah? So when we're praying that, we're actually saying, let it be more like it is up there down here, to use that idea. Exciting. There's a new normal. The impossible is possible. It's not working. I'm double tapping. I'm tapping my toes. Let's just do the whole thing. I'm clicking my fingers. I'm saying in Jesus' name, that's working better. Here we go. So this is what this is looking like to us. Look healings and miracles are happening because they're not impossible in heaven, they're normal. F- family and relationship reconciliations, amazing stuff's happening, just chats to different people. It's a miracle how families can be reconciled, how peace can break out in relationships, how hearts can be reconnected. Lots of stories all over the place, that's, that's heaven invading earth. Because there's no division in heaven, there's no like grumpy people in a corner who won't speak to anybody. oh can't you imagine like an angel I'm so offended at Jesus <laughs> the more of that happens the more of that happens offense fence gets removed heart connections get restored we're seeing financial provision miracles because there's no lack in heaven so we're seeing more of that invade the earth People are having experiential encounters with God, so He's not a God of theory like that we hear teaching about. He's someone who shows up like sits next to you and you go, wow, that's amazing. And speaks to you in a voice that you can hear and comprehend. And gives you visions of heaven and angels and His presence. And wow, that's heaven invading the earth. One day we'll be just super aware of that all the time. But more of that is coming to us right now. And releasing and experiencing the raw power of God, which if we didn't know he was a good dad, that could be scary, but that's what Jesus did. Calming storms and walking on water and all that kind of cool stuff. Yeah. Casting out demons. No, yeah. I've done something wrong. The other thing that I've already touched on, really, is heaven Just isn't just about miracles and power. It's It's about... It's about a society. Heaven is a whole culture of its own. Heaven, the, the Puritans used to say that the, that the Trinity, so Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Godhead, who is three and one, was in himself a sweet society. That's fun, isn't it? I just, God is in Himself a sweet society. So God knows how to be one. He also knows how to be many in complete unity and complete harmony. And, and so heaven and all that surrounds the throne of heaven, all that surrounds Heavenly Father, is is this is this culture of honor, this culture of love. So if we could sort of click through, that would be cool. And we're we're learning. Sometimes when people come to a new church, it's like, "Well, how do I join this church? Well, you have to give your money and show up at this and do this and and tie your shoelaces and don't swear on Sundays and all these kind of things, and then you're in. Um, I'm not recommending swearing on Sundays. <laughs> but it has happened. Actually, Jesus has encouraged us and commanded us to love one another really well. That that should be the first requirement of connection to a local church community. What are you you joining us to do? Well, I'm going to love you well. What are we doing here? Well, we're aiming to point our love at you and love you well too. Now that, that is a whole world. How many of you here have got uh, like a degree, you know, a BA? Man, man, all these intelligent people. So you did school from like five years old to 17, 18, and then you did three, four years higher education, yeah? Maybe five years, yeah. In any of that time, were there any classes on how to do relationships well and how to love other people well. Anybody, any Anybody ever did. So you may be great at astrophysics or computer programming or medicine, and you've learned all this stuff. probably how many years is that all together? Like five, That's 13 plus 17 odd years of education. Nobody gave you an hour on how to love people. And then we get you in church and we say, "Love one another. We don't have a Scooby. So we need to learn to love well. That's why we talk about this culture of honor. What does that look like? Well, some of the things we learn is that everybody gets celebrated, not just the people at the front. The people at the front do, but everybody. So you celebrate everybody. Because everybody's made in His image. Everybody is His wonderful work of art. And we call out the goal. We're not focusing on what people aren't. We're calling out what they are. We're, We're looking for what God has done, not what they're not and celebrating that, and calling that out, and honoring that. We're we're blessed by encouraging authenticity, so it's transparency, it's being real, not being fake, it's not wearing a mask, because that actually enables some of these other things, that heart connections, a deeper connection, cannot happen if fake meets fake, all you have is a fake connection, which fake equals fragile. And we're learning what it is to protect each other's hearts. And this is this is challenging. Because you have to believe the best about the person's motivations, even if what they have done or what's come out of their mouth was uncomfortable to you. Is that, is that making sense? So, someone can behave to you in a way that scares you. You're like, ah! But, If you believe the best about them, then you could talk to them about that and the outcome. The goal is that you have a deeper connection with them afterwards than when you started. What we've tended to do in the past is deal with the externals without protecting or connecting to the internals. And that requires us to be able to challenge one another well as well. So, loving one another well isn't just like we're all in fluffy clouds, and nothing ever goes wrong, and it's all smiles and hugs every time, all the time, in every way. Just all so lovey-dovey in this church, I think that's probably unreal. If somebody isn't irritating you somewhere, I'm not sure you're alive. Because there's something about other people are different. (laughs) Other people are different. (laughs) And this is a Danny Silk, but it's easy to love the the you that I see, that I see in me. But the stuff in you that I haven't got, man, that's scary sometimes. So we're, we're learning that at times this looks like tears, misunderstanding, but we're totally committed to making it through. We're committed, in, Our hearts are committed to one another, to working through till we connect again and we have a bigger understanding. And we're committed to not controlling one another. See, my temptation is to make the whole world look like me so that it doesn't scare me. Because I understand me Most of you, probably I don't understand, or I have some understanding, but I I have a lot of, I I feel safe with me most of the time. (laughs) That may be strange, but I think that's a healthy way to be. But then you encounter other people and they're like, whoa, need to change them to look more like me, then it's going to feel, that's not what we're doing. Actually, the goal is everybody gets to be them yeah. in an environment that, where we've learned to love well, and we've defeated the lie that says, I can control you. So it's not true. I can encourage you, I can love you, but only you get to control you and I get to control me, and that's a full-time job. But that creates, I I believe those are some of the elements, not all of it by any means, we've spent a lot of time on this, of creating a culture on the earth that looks something like heaven. So it is supernatural, it is beyond, it is a place where the impossible is becoming possible, but it's also a place where we've learned to love well, and where the atmosphere is therefore permeated with a wholesomeness and a loving and an acceptance and a celebration of one another, and a willingness to be vulnerable and connect and work stuff out. So if you put this all together, we've covered five things. Recovering our identity, our true identity with Jesus in us. Recovering His identity as the Good Father. Recovering our connection to one another, the intimate connection And then realizing that the impossible is now possible and we're learning to love well in a culture of honor. That generates hope. That's a flipping hope machine. Irresistible amounts of hope start to pop up everywhere when those sort of things are in play. God is good. He's made us amazing. We're loving one another. The impossible is possible. And we're connected to heaven, and heaven's connected to us, and we have intimacy with the Father. That starts to pop on the inside of us and pop in us as a community. Hope starts to spill out of us, and goodness starts to spill out of us everywhere. And that's what God's calling us to do, is to spill it out, give it away, to give away His goodness. Can we click it on? Yay, no strings attached. Because this is what oop, yes, yeah, okay. Matthew twenty-eight. Jesus encouraged us and told us and commanded us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this is cool, isn't it? Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Now, sometimes in the past we've thought that we've got to go tell all of them out there our cool rules. Because we have we have our rules are the best rules because god they 're God rules, and everybody should know that doing God rules is the best thing to do that 's not what this is about. This is about dispensing what we 've just talked about. Have you learned to love? Have you learned to hope? Have you learned that he 's good? Do you know that he 's good? Have you got intimacy? then you can go give that away. That's what, what did he command them? He actually commanded them to love one another. Learn to love well and go give it away. And behold, he's with us always to the end of the age. Okay. So we're called as a community to give away hope, to give away which is the same as giving away goodness because it's the dispensing of goodness that produces hope. And, and it's, it's no strings attached. It's like we're just going to do this not because we want to recruit you, not because we want you to give money to us, not because we want to fill a chair, but we want you to experience more of what we've experienced. We want you to know that God is good, that He loves you, He thinks you're amazing, He's got an incredible destiny over your life. We want to tell that to you. We want you to feel that, experience that, taste that. That's our agenda. That you experience and taste that He's good. And so, as a community, God's calling us to kind of lift our game, to do stuff, to to do more things, to to branch out, to reach out. And, and this is just a few headings of things that we're we're trying to improve on that we're we being called to do as if you like as projects and as initiatives as a community. And Mark just touched on worship, but we we want to we need better equipment, we need to record, we need to release, we need to run a worship school. And this takes These things take resources. Um, there are folks that, there's loads of people that download our audio and we think it, we've got people who would like to do our school online. And I think there are people who would like to do this online so that we could actually have a video version of Sunday that's accessible to people. So there's a desire for that. That's a, another way of giving away goodness, of giving a, generating hope we are need to lift our game in the realm of social media because we all agreed earlier that jesus would tweet (laughs) and if jesus would do it then then should more should be happening right now and jesus would blog and so on um we are already involved in strengthening churches five six seven eight different churches around the place, some, it, some abroad now, we're involved in blessing, so we're not building a controlled central network, we're just blessing people, having friendships and releasing uh, the goodness of God to churches, uh, certainly around Europe, exciting. Um, we're developing outreach, so there's a summer festival on its way, at the, it's coinciding with the Commonwealth Games, that's going to happen in a park near us sometime soon in the summer. Yay! It's going to be fun. There's going to be some of the stuff we're going to do here this afternoon. And we're going to release the goodness of God to the community around us here. And the other thing that is going to happen is the second year HSSL students have talked to them. In, they're all like, we want to carry on. What do we do third year? I said, well, third year, uh, some of you all know the Light and Life pit stop that happens in the Nero, Cafe Nero. Uh, uh, they, they're going to run one of those on a monthly basis as a team. <laughs> so they're going to pray for the sick. They're going to prophesy over commuters that are coming in and out of Glasgow from about September time. So Barbara, who runs Light and Life, they do one once a month. And we'll, she's going to help us, and we're going to run one on another, another week. So there's sort of a double hit. In a month, So people in the center of Glasgow are going to get blessed with the goodness of God. They're going to get healed. They're going to get their destiny called out. They're going to get, they're going to get just wrecked by the love of God. Uh, and there'll be worship and there'll be encounter and it'll be fun. So well done, second year HSSL. Uh, other people can join in. It's not just, but they're going to kind of pioneer that for us. Uh, outreach is happening. Uh, The the Hope School needs to keep developing. That's happening and needs to keep happening. Uh, There's just a strengthening of us as a body. That takes a lot of energy, a lot of time, the pastoring, leading, counseling, encouraging, directing the affairs of Hope Church. And we need to keep developing there for our staff and leadership because if we're inputting nine churches, we have folks traveling in from Dunfermline and Edinburgh and we're, we're helping a church plant in Troon, and we're giving away goodness on the internet and we're healing the sick in different parts and we're running pit stops and da 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 Actually, we need to keep strengthening our admin tech and pastoral time. Can we click on, please? And we also need a building. Yeah. Flipping heck. <laughs> we need a building. Uh as just a home for the church, but it's also visionary necessities. You click on, please, Nick. Uh Not sure that one is exactly woodworking, would work in Glasgow. Yeah, a few, a few re- I don't want to do that much renovation, so what I'm saying is, we sh- just God give us a building, we need a bit more of a specific set of criteria, alright? Otherwise we, we could end up with a beautiful relic. Anybody fancy doing that one up? Do a upper for sale. We'd kind of need a roof as well, wouldn't we? (laughs) Okay, just click on Nick. Click up, just the next slide here. What do we need? We need a home to do Sunday meetings, children, teaching and training, offices, administration, and oh, yeah. I just believe that as we get a space that we own, the presence of God is of course in us and on us as we go everywhere. God doesn't need a physical temple. But I do believe that he just manifests his presence in spaces. Uh, And I've experienced that. And uh, I believe God's going to inhabit our space that we own. And and that will be, it will change Sundays. It will change what we do, change how it affects us. So, okay, next one. Okay. Okay. And we need it as a resource base for the city. There's lots of things God's asking us to do to give away His goodness. A family center, a creative space, a quality uh, coffee shop. People have passion for that. A com- Compassion Ministries, Food Bank, Cap Center, Help for the Homeless, and on and on. Once you start to get a space, the stuff that you can do, that when we rent everywhere... And uh, you, you, it's really difficult to do. So the, uh, actually, a physical building becomes a channel for giving away the goodness of God. Okay, next one. Of course. <laughs> i like going to do the next slide. We have a world vision. I already said we, we're, we're working with blessing churches in, in Ireland, in Paris, I'm going out to Paris in a few weeks, uh, in Holland, and who knows what else, where God's going to open up doors for us, uh, we've got other connections in different parts of France, but Jesus said to go into all the world, so we're in like three, connecting to three, four countries at the most, so there's a lot more of the all to happen, Yeah? So we need a base where we can uh, develop our school and conferences and worship, the worship school and meet. Actually, to do all the stuff that we've just talked about, it needs a space to do it in. You need resources, people, offices to do, to be a springboard and a platform to go and do some of this stuff. Okay, next one. We want something that's a bit nearer the city centre. We've had prophetic words about being more accessible and closer in. Uh, we want something we can use pretty much straight away, although happy to do a bit of fixer-upping, but just not as extreme as the Coliseum. Um Possibility of creative income generation. In fact, someone gave us a prophetic word when uh, uh, we did the Shifting Atmospheres conference that actually it would generate income and, and, and fund itself. So I, I believe it's possible if, we, if we're wise, and we're trying to be smart with the way that we run our finances so that <coughs> the initiatives that we take don't just drain church funds, but they generate funds as we go. Um, and it's important that we, it's a building for our vision, not one that becomes our vision. It's really easy when you've got a physical, like bricks and mortar, to sort of, well, we've got a vision and it's a building. No, the, vision, the, the building's a vehicle, it's not a goal. it's dispensable, it's disposable, but it's, it's a need. Okay, next. Oops. So we're kind of coming into all of this costs money. I believe the gospel is free, but the lights, we have to pay the bill. And and we have some amazing trustees who oversee, major job is overseeing the finances of the church. It's worth a whoop, being a trustee is a serious responsibility. So we we met with them and we have a great senior leadership team. And I took them through a a budget setting exercise and I gave them what our operating budget was for the financial year 2013 to 2014, which ended at the end of March this year. And I said, write down on a bit of paper anonymously what you think we should set for next year. And we held a whole array of numbers, uh, some extremely high ones, uh, some just a little bit above where we were. So we took out the worst and we took out the high, the, the lowest, pardon me, and the, and the highest, and we ended up with, uh, we ended up with a range and we took sort of the, the average, the middle number, and we all started to feel yet yeah, we're committed to shooting for this as our operating budget for the next year, which was approximately 28% higher than the year before, which is about 60,000 quid. That's what he spoke to us, faith in the room. So our trustees and our leaders are believing that our operating budget is going to expand this year. And that will enable us to do some of those things on the list and other things as well. Pause the breath. That's exciting. That's what your leaders are doing. That's what they're running with and believing for. So this is a faith exercise here that we're inviting everybody to join in on. Uh, and some of the increase... We've, seen, we've had at least two years in the past where our budget has grown by 28 to 30%. We've done it twice already. So it's not like, oh, we've never done this before. We've actually seen it happen. And some of the way it increases is because the stuff we do actually generates income to do more stuff. Some of it is the giving rises, and some of it is doing a conference, or doing a school, or doing whatever actually starts to generate income that gives us more momentum to do the next thing. Uh, so we're planning for that level of budget and as soon as we can, we're going to start, which is pretty soon, we're going to start giving as a church out to other places and other ministries at a level of what our expectation is. So we're going to up our giving, regardless whether the income has arrived, we're going to start, this another thing that the trustees and leaders decided, we're going to go for this and we're going to start giving as if it's already happened. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? What great leaders. I mean, it's so good to work with these folks. Be part of such a great team. And then we need a building which is going to need a lot of money. It's time to buy a building, if we can click on. We need a substantial deposit. I think we're going to need at least that sort of, of money, 150000 just to put down, and probably more as time goes on. Just to encourage you, the last time I went through this, which is now a lot of years ago in, in, in the 90s, we were doing something like this, and we're like, oh, where's the money going to come from? A student wrote us a check for 100,000 pounds. <laughs> we sort of counted up the offering, and we're like, this is outrageous! So our first offering went over the 100 grant. Our student... And it, it wasn't made of plastic or rubber either. <laughs> we cashed it. <laughs> so, we're inviting you to be part of a miracle. right? To join in a miracle that God is going to do with us and through us. And this is a wonderful scripture to inspire us. This, this whole scripture is about giving money. The whole context of this, if you want to take time to study it, is about giving finance. And the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must give, is decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, which is, we're not about that here at all, because God loves a cheerful giver. We want to inspire you, not compel you. And God is able to, this is a fun bit, isn't it? God is able to make all grace, what's this about? abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Now, some people in the past have taken this and and twisted it slightly, that, well, if you give to God, you're going to prosper so that you're prosperous. And actually, it's not quite saying that, but it is saying if you give to God, He will prosper you. If you give away, more is going to come back than you can give away. That is what the Scripture is saying. But the purpose of it is so that you and us have more than enough for all the good stuff He's calling us to do. The point of us getting more is so that we can do more for Him, not so that we can sort of line up our Ferraris in the drive. <laughs> One will do, okay? But <laughs> I, think, I, think I'd, I think I'd prefer a Porsche. I mean... But can you see that? He's saying, if we sow, if we give financially, as we sow bountifully, we sow well and generously, it kind of opens a a doorway for God to make grace abound. Now, grace abounding is every supernatural supply you need and loads left over. I often wondered why in both the stories of of feeding the 5,000 and the 4,000, there's 12 baskets and 7 baskets left over. What's the point of leftovers? <laughs> well, it's simply to illustrate this, that God supplies in abundance. And as we give that, that, if you like, that makes a way for Him to supply all we need and stuff left over. Like, or what do we do with the basket? Well, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? What's the point of having leftovers just to show that He's good and that He's God and that He's generous? That's the point. You don't have to have something to do with it. It's just like, ooh, leftover bread. Yeah. Can we click on? So, giving releases huge amounts of favor to us as a community and to you as an individual for every good deed and every good act that He's called us to do. So, all those things and more that we want to do, all the things that your heart is burning to see happen. For Jesus and uh, in this city and in this nation, start uh, a key to it is as we give our finances. So next, thank you, thank you, thank you, brilliant. So next week is our super abundant offering week. More, more enthusiasm, more. And we're going to take the first 18000 out of it to our operating budget. So remember, there's two levels to this. There's expanding our operations, our giving away goodness, and providing a building as, that's a base for that. Uh, I'm actually feeling, as I was praying about this morning, we may not need to take that much out of it, but we, maybe $15,000. There's, there's an amount, and that's the ceiling of, that we'll put into our operating budget. Everything over that is going to go into our building fund. And we're going to need to amass. I think before we actually go to somebody and say, we want to buy your building, I think we're going to need about 100 grand at least in the bank. To actually buy one, we'll need about 150. So I'm believing for a miracle. Are you going to believe with us? you Are going to believe with us? I'm not asking you to give it all. I'm just asking you to believe for it. Yeah? That we stand together as a community and we do what we can and what God asks us to do with what we have. And that we, we, as we give that, incredible grace will be released to us that we can see this happen. So, can we click on? <clears throat> so, you can do the obvious, which is just give a whole lump of money. You can increase your regular giving, uh, or you can begin to give. Some people, perhaps new, begin to start to tie to Hope Church. Simples. It's exciting. Next week is the week. If you're not here, still pray about it, still think about it.